people what's going on it's episode 310 episode 310 of Griff's Brain Dumb it's me Griff obviously how are you doing are you well uh, let's get the promo in first and foremost go uh, buy tickets to one of my work in progress shows and got another one in London on the 29th of August at Vault Festival that is at the Glitch Glitch near Waterloo uh, go get tickets. How much are tickets, you ask? I don't know. I don't know. I've never had to buy tickets, but just rock up on the day. Rock up on the day, and if I know you, I'll just get you in. Alright? That's a great promise. If I know you, I'll just get you in. If I don't know you, you're going to have to buy a ticket. <laughs> going to have to buy a ticket. Alright? Um, how much is it? I should know that. I'll find out before the end of the pod. How much tickets are uh, go do that go check out my other podcast that we've got with michael akadir and kazim jamal it is called late night and wet wipes uh, we've got our first episode out up on the youtube and all other pod catches you just want the audio you can go check that the only place we're not available at the moment is apple uh, they won't let me set up an apple id to actually get our pod on there yet so we'll see how that goes but look we will get on there eventually but until then go on youtube Go YouTube, switch on the video, connect to your work Wi-Fi, cover your screen so no one knows that you're watching YouTube and just give it a listen. Give it a listen. Um, three of the funniest up-and-coming comedians on the circuit, um, as they say. Um, yeah, I think um, it's going to be a good pod. I mean, we've already recorded a few episodes and we need to release them. Um, we need to record them in advance, obviously all of us being dads, so uh, time is very uh very precious for us gigging uh two of us are still working full-time as well and having a family chucking the podcast as well it's all mad it's all mad um so yeah go check that out and i think that's it for the promo um let's see if i can get this stuff up for vault festival while you're on the pod brand new show let's find it i need to actually update our website i was meant to do that this weekend i haven't so it's eight pounds and it's at quarter part no it's not it's at eight o'clock eight o'clock eight o'clock all right the spacement at the glitch that's where it is okay it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun um so yeah, come, 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 baby, come, come, baby, come, come, it'll be, uh, it'll be good, it'll be good, um, I'd had the first work progress show at Wonderville on, th- on Wednesday, so thanks to everyone who turned up to that, um, and Piccadilly Circus on Haymarket, um, great turnout, Pierre Novelli was on first, he did 45 minutes, I didn't hear any of his stuff because I was pacing up and down, I'm going through my own things and setting up my camera and doing all that stuff. <laughs> so didn't pay any attention. Um, but then, yeah, I came and did my 45. I thought it was an hour in my head what I was going to be doing. So so I prepared an hour's worth of material. And then when I got the what we call the advancing through, which gives you all the details what's happening, I realised, oh, it's 45 minutes. So I was having to edit on stage. So there's bits of the work in progress that weren't as punchy and as funny as I wanted them to be. Um, but the feedback I got from people was like, hey, man, that was funny. 
from the people who don't work in comedy, my friends, they're like, that was really funny. Uh, but also, like, you know, they said, like, great story, really moving. Maybe one of my friends cry, which is great. That's what you want to do. Make one of the lads cry. And then... <laughs> And um, and then people who worked the comedy saw it. They was like, "Oh man, you're at really good stage. Like if, if you've got your show at, in this stage, in this uh, condition in January, good going." So um, so you see, but it won't rest my laurels though. I'm I'm also very much aware of how my brain works. It, I'm gonna be confident with it. Vault Festival is gonna be great. Angel in February is gonna be great. Leicester in February is gonna be great. Um, and then I'm going to be taking a break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be like, ah, nah, shit. <laughs> so I'm just going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. I've got a few more work in progress shows booked in London. They're not, not all fully signed off and released yet. So I've released those dates, but it should be one in May, one, one in March, one in May, one in July. And, um, yeah. Also be emceeing as well, uh, all of May at the West End Comedy Club as well. Want to be doing that, so I'm gonna be a bit more nimble, a bit more agile on my feet. Get used to having to generate my own energy in the room. Obviously, that's good preparation for Edinburgh, right? If I'm gonna end up uh, getting a room, it's going around about the capacity room for is 60, 60 people, 60 seats in the room. So. Obviously, the dream is to sell out your whole run, of course. But if we be realistic, let's say the first night, get 20 people in. Can I generate the energy of 20 people? You know what I mean? What if I get 10 people? Can I generate energy of 10 people? So MCing helps you just generate energy in rooms. Um, Talking about MCing, I was in Hereford on Friday, down in Hereford, which is actually a really lovely crowd. Down in Hereford. Um, I actually need to watch a video. I need to edit a video. I recorded some of it where I spoke to a woman in, in the crowd and, you know, did the usual where people from. So I guess everyone's from Hereford. She goes, no, I'm from Sweden. I was like, cool, what are you doing here? And she goes, oh, I escaped my stalker. I was like, what are you talking about? That's not normal conversation. I don't know what you do in Sweden, but that's not how we have conversations here in the UK. All right. That kind of information, you keep that quiet. I mean, I love the confidence to share that. Eh, run away from a stalker. I'm like, Jesus. And she weren't joking. I was like, that is harrowing. <laughs> you know, some people, there's an open book. She's like, yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. I was like, mad. Mad, bad, mad. See, I need to edit that video and get that up online. Get the content online. Um, but yeah, that's what I did then. Um, Saturday morning, Project Mbappe started. Uh, we're a bit behind, guys. <laughs> My 18-month-old daughter doesn't have the dribbling skills I'd hoped she would have. Um, yeah, I thought she'd be, thought she'd be way better than that. You know, thought she'd be able to drop a shoulder, change direction, but no, she just seemed interested in doing what she wanted to do because me and my wife discovered we had a little think about the classes she does well in or the activity groups or play groups she you know does well enjoys and the ones she doesn't and we found there's a strong correlation between the play groups that have lots of instructions 
and her enjoyment as in there's a negative correlation there if she's being told what to do not that fun take it to soft play having time for life where she can run jump throw things about fall over run into things grin and smile having a great time moment you tell her you have to sit here for a bit listen then you can run she's just like how about i just run now dickhead that's what she's like you're like no baby no don't don't run don't run no Sadie, Sadie, no don't and no she's like no how about i just run <laughs> you know what i mean so that's that's what it was and, and you know naturally you get a bit frustrated not getting frustrated that she's not doing as she's told it's when she's doing things that i know she uh when she's not doing things i know she can do like walking <laughs> she's a very, she's a very good walker very good runner but nope she decided I'm, I'm, bum, I'm bum shuffling i was like you can't kick the ball if you're on your bum um but i'm not going to give up on that we've got another trial um trial session for me I think it'd just be good for me, actually. I think if, it's just, I'm striking the balance between um, it being good for me and it not being a pain for her, you know? Like, if she doesn't actually enjoy it, I can't just keep taking her, but then I don't want to just give up taking her because I find it annoying that she's not doing as she's told, you know? Maybe that's just a, a shortcoming in my parenting style. Or maybe... She's fucking 18 months old. <laughs> Maybe it's just that. But yeah, but what was funny? Um, <laughs> what was funny was... Uh, I'm going to tell this story on, on on the other pod. I have to. But yeah, I, as much as I was getting frustrated internally, one guy was flipping loose at his kid. He was just like, what are you going all shy for? And the kid was just like all timid in the corner and stuff. He's like, no, he's just because now he's the worst one here. I was like, bro, you're really comparing your kid. Like, because I didn't even look at any other kids to see what they were doing. Um, I'd make icon of our parents because he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah this is crazy what we're doing and on a Saturday morning. But I didn't really see. I wasn't like looking and going, oh, what's Zadie doing? What are the other kids doing? Oh, she's worse than them. Nah, weren't doing that. Um, I obviously clocked that I think, oh, can can kids do this? See if you do. Oh, some can. But, you know, my wife made the point, though, because the classes were 18, 16 months to two years old. So she said there's a big difference between those ages when it comes to development. A two-year-old versus a 16-month-old. It's gonna be, they're going to be worlds apart when it comes to these kinds of activities. So is that fair enough? Now, this guy's going off at his kid. And then, yeah, I'll turn around, leave it. Five minutes later, I just hear someone crying. And then it's the kid. And he's just picked him up and he's just walked out. <laughs> Sad enough. Project Mbappe wasn't working out for him. Didn't work how he wanted it to. So, yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, ah. As long as she's having fun. You know what I mean? I, I just changed my attitude. Yeah, that's what I did. And then Sunday, uh, which is today, the day we were recording... Went to view the property that we're meant to be buying. Um, here's the deal with the property, right? We asked them, um, so the survey came back 
weeks ago, month ago maybe. So there's um, an issue of rising damp around the walls, like the wood moisture rating or whatever is like over 20%. And apparently like the threshold is like 10. So it's like double. So there's like, that's cause of concern. You know, there could be wood rot, you don't know. And to find that out, you have to have very invasive investigations or rip up floorboards and all that. So yeah, we were just like, ooh, golly. So we were saying, how do we find that out? But then everywhere we looked, it was like, it was always invasive. So we asked it in the legal questions. Hey, have you ever had an issue with damp uh, or mould? And um, if so, how have you remedied, remedied that? Their response was um, that the previous owner had done some damp course, damp proofing course, and um, here's the here's the guarantee for that. And we was like, cool, thank you for that paperwork. Well, we asked a very simple question: Have you ever had issue of damp or mold? So we asked it again, as just a separate question. Then they came back with no. However, we're no experts and you should follow the advice of your survey that you've got. Is that, mm, again, pretty straightforward question. I don't know why you're adding all this legal disclaimer around it. We just asked if you ever had mould. So we, was, mm, we, want, we want to see the property again. We want to see it. We want to see it just to make sure they've you know, put a fresh coat of paint over the mould or anything like that. And we get there, there's no signs of paint. But my wife's savvy, she's like, oh, what we need to look out for is like smells of like scented candles, things like that, to get rid of any smell of damp. I get in, I smell candles straight away. But who knows, sometimes people have nice air fresheners, some people burn incense, it's just give a nice homely feel, might be psychological, who knows? Someone might work in interior design, who knows? But anyway, I'm in the kitchen. Wife goes to the living room, she's with the estate agent, and she's like, Well, that's a that's a dehumidifier there. Now, me having seen other dehumidifiers, I'm like, okay, you're being a bit dramatic there, babe. Okay, so I've seen them, yeah, this on people's like shelves and that. I was like, you know, people just have it, don't they? Take the moisture out of the air. People just have that. Not a big deal. I think you're being a bit over the top, bit dramatic, darling. That's what I thought. Be being a bit dramatic, darling. Without me even seeing what this dehumidifier looks like, because then when I get in, this dehumidifier is the size of like, like I say, it's like the size of a. What is that size of like a hotel fridge? <laughs> it's the size of a hotel fridge. Uh, maybe half the width of that. But it was, it was big. Industrial yellow was the colour it was. And it's just in the living room. And the wife goes, ah, oh. she goes, clearly they've got an issue of mould or damp or moisture. If they've got this figure. And then the estate agent's like, yeah, I don't know why they've left that out. <laughs> and so we're now left there going, hmm. Like, if you've got a problem with mold, just be up front, tell us. But they haven't said. And now Naomi feels like they're lying to us. They're not being frank, not being up front. I don't know if they've lied to us, 
but they're definitely be franking up front and it does give me a good feeling and i've got like this seed of doubt that's kind of just growing in my head about this house i don't be the people who end up buying the house getting an expensive mortgage on it and then just spend your time fixing up the house because it's just a piece of shit so it's hard so what do we do what do we do I've envisioned that we were going to see the house, like it, sign the paperwork, get it sent out. Instead, we've got some inquiries now, more inquiries. Um, and my wife just wants them to be up front, just give us the honest answer. Then we know, then we know what we're buying. But instead, it just feels a bit like skullduggery-ish, you know what I mean? A bit Machiavellian. So, yeah, that's that. So we'll see. I'll give you an update of where we are in the house. The crazy thing is there's a new build development coming in September. I think the release is due from March. Timing-wise, that could work out great for us. But like I said the release is March. I mean, I have no idea how much these properties will cost. So you can't just hold out for this. Hold out for it and then find out that, you know, four-bedroom house is £200 over our budget. To me, £200,000 over our budget. Just don't know. With Nubu's got that premium, right? So we'll see. We we'll have to see, mate. We we'll have to see where we where we live in. But listen, with the second kid coming, we could stay in our current house. It's fine. Um, that wouldn't be that big of a deal. I still look at my current house and think, oh, we could do some work here. The issue is our our garden's tiny. So if we go into the garden, right? It's just, it's not feasible. It's just not feasible. Just have no space in the garden. End up being like a little courtyard. When you have a little courtyard like that, it's like, that's cool when you're in zone two in London. But when you're out in the sticks, like we are, you want a bit of, a bit of lunch. Run around, mate. But yeah, we wouldn't have that if we went backwards in the house. Or if we went up top in the loft. I mean, I'm, that's the idea I pursued in my head. I'm saying to Naomi, you know, just, just build an office space and some storage up there and that's it. Have it done. She's like, nah, I don't, want, I don't spend that money on that. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I guess the risk is you put work in and you can't just get the money back, right? When you sell it, that's always the risk. So, what has been going on? In the world, what's going on in the world? What have I put down as notes here? Jeez, big yawn. So, where are we? Where are we? Pods, pod, pod. There we go. Oh, yeah, new sport I've seen. I'm not sure how long it's been around for. Have you guys seen it? It's called Power Slaps. Have you seen the videos from Power Slaps? It's usually two generally muscly but overweight guys. You know, you know the guys who've got the muscle? Uh, they've got the muscle. But there's a layer of fat on top of that. Um, so... And they just stare out there, uh, they're out there just slapping the shit out of each other. Like, it's brutal. It's brutal. They, they stand there 
opposite sides of a podium. And the guy just, one of the guys, I don't know who goes first, it must be a coin toss. One of the guys just draws the arm back, hands open, but the fingers are together. <clears throat> the fingers are together and they are clotting the shit out of each other's faces. Like it is monstrous. I saw one video, I think he's the champion because he left with the belt. Um, you know, that's usually the sign of a champion, right? The guy gets a belt. And um, yeah, he got the belt. But the state of his face after, because a lot of fighters are saying this is ridiculous. No, Ryan Garcia is against it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you can talk, you're a boxer, you knock people out. Why are you crying about this? And he's like, yeah, but in boxing, you, you're allowed to defend yourself. This is just an onslaught of blunt force trauma in the exact same part of the person's face. You know how crazy that is? I said there's blunt force trauma in the exact same part of someone's face. In, in their head. So whether it's a slap or a punch, to be hit in the same spot with that much velocity and power, it's, uh, it's wild, man. It's absolutely wild and it is dangerous. But does that mean that I'm not going to start searching YouTube for videos of it? <laughs> of course it's not. Shit's way too interesting. I mean, I used to watch... Um, sorry, I'm drinking on the pod. I used to watch um, Team UFC. Team MMA, sorry. That was crazy. Five-man MMA. I know I've spoken about this on the pod before. It's some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. Five-man MMA. Five versus five. And as you can work out mathematically, the team that wins is usually the team that gets someone out of there first. The first person that gets someone out of there wins. Because once it's five versus four, it becomes five versus one very quickly. <laughs> Do you know what I realised? I could have just paused the pod. I'm so sorry. Because no one likes someone drinking in their ear. I, I used to have a friend who used to do that to me. He used to sneak up behind me and just like swallow near my ear. And it's just like, that's so nasty. And you know when someone does something so annoying to you that it just sticks to you for life. And then you do it to other people. And I do it to my wife all the time. She'd just be in the kitchen and I'd just come behind her, sneak up behind her, like, ah. <laughs> just, in her, just in her ear. And she hates me for it. And that's what marriage is about, kids. It's about winding up your spouse to the point that they hate you. <laughs> right, let's get some uh, dear Deirdre going. Because we're just at that part of the pod. We're just at that part of the pod, people. You know? I haven't been watching any TV that you've been watching. I've watched The Apprentice. Yeah, I've watched that. Um, that's it, though. I haven't watched Love Island. I thought I was. I'm not even above it. Like, I just haven't watched it. I really thought I would watch it. But I ain't. I ain't. So here we are. Um, oh, football-wise as well. It's all going mad at Tottenham, isn't it? How am I going to talk? So I move on. I forgot about my team. It's all gone mad. Our flipping sporting director has been banned from football activities for two years in Italy. And then they're trying to... The FIGC. I guess this is the... Was it the Federation Italia... 
something calcio. Generale calcio. Although it'd be something like that. Uh, yeah, they're trying to. They've um, basically sent the case to UEFA and FIFA, so everyone who's been banned in Italy needs to be banned in Europe and worldwide, is what they're trying to push for. So that's good for Tottenham. Um, Conte's not going to sign a new contract because he's lost three friends this year. And he just feels like he needs to be back home. His family live in Italy. Yeah, it's all a bit shit at Tottenham. And then across North London, it's all going a little bit well, isn't it? For the Asna. 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 A-S-N-A. Asna. Yeah. Asna are doing well. Very well. Just beat Man United 3 2. It's weird. I just, I said, I don't really have the hate for Arsenal. Um, fans, a lot of the fans annoy me. And I do take pleasure in them losing because of how bad their fans react. But I don't really hate them. You know? And um, as a, from a neutral perspective, it'd be great if Arsenal didn't win the league. It'd be fantastic. It would be. Um, but yeah I'm just hoping City catch them <laughs> that's it but I know but again it's, it's, I'm confused because it is a bit soulless if City win the league you know so it'll be interesting be interesting to watch they think they've got to play each other twice Man City and Arsenal so see man we'll see um, right 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 right, right. Let's uh, get into the da da um do 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 come on come on why's it not ticking where are you where are you where come on sorry guys the the internet's being wild um oh actually before we get there Deirdre so remembered uh even though it's not actually that important to you guys so I'm going to Edinburgh this summer, so the big thing was getting time off work. Got it granted. But I guess the thing is, right, I don't want all the time off. I don't want all the time off. But you guys are all secret there. Because I'm going to be bored out my fucking nut in Edinburgh on my own. Um, and then I'll just be getting behind on work as well. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know that's another battle. No, that, that, that's not so much of a battle. That's another one. I'll keep you guys updated. You guys are in. You're in on the... You're in the know of what I'm trying to do there. Um, but yeah. Obviously, I don't want to use all my annual leave in one go either. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Anyway, let's get to Dear Deirdre. Dear Deirdre, my ex-fiance is using me for no-string sex after he cheated and we broke up. Um, so how about you stop having sex with them? Uh... Oh, no, seems like a really simple solution there. Dear Deirdre, I should now be finalising wedding arrangements, but instead my former fiancé is asking me for no string sex. I'm asking you, so you're not giving it to them. So I know who's... So I imagine this is a woman talking about their male fiancé, Bulsi. And we were due to get married in February, but he moved yeah, there. He moved out and broke up for me two months ago. I was heartbroken and discovered he had shacked up with one of his sister's best friends. So when he turned up on my doorstep two weeks later begging for forgiveness, I was delighted. Mugu! It didn't last long and within the week he had gone back to her. 
When I asked why he couldn't stay, I didn't get a proper explanation. His only response was he wasn't sure he was ready for marriage. He has come back once since, and like a fool, I let him. Smash your back doors then. Um, but now I've had enough of his of this unhealthy pattern. Good for you. I'm 29, he's 31. We have been, we have known each other for five years and been engaged for two. This week he has bombarded me with texts saying he wants to be friends with benefits. So they must, so they must have split up again. Why? Why must they have split up again? What he thought he's no. No, he's fully in a relationship, and he's he's cheating, and he wants to cheat with you. <laughs> I couldn't believe what he was asking me, and didn't reply. He now he has ghosted me. Cool, move on with your life. I am so confused because I'm still in love with him. Oh, yeah. However, I can see that each time he's out of my life, I start to make progress. But then he gets in touch, and I crumble. I, you know, these people don't need therapy. Because they just know everything that's going on in their life, yet they still need therapy. Because even though they know what's going on in their life, they still make the wrong decisions and don't behave appropriately. This is what's happening here. Um, you know what I mean? Like this guy adds nothing to her life, it seems. But she wants him. So I went. Um, so I want to be with him, hold him close, have passionate sex, and then a huge part of me never wants to see him again. Oh. I'm waiting for a referral to see a counsellor, but I don't know if I can hang on. I have started self-harming and don't know what to do. Jesus Christ, that took a dark ass turn. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just never inspired you. Go, what self-harm came, came left field, right? I mean, she just ended the sentence of, ah, oh, and I'm self harming. Is it a bit, bit? It's like, a bit, bit? You have to need a little bit more buffer, a bit of a cushion when you're delivering uh, that kind of news. But, jokes aside, don't want anyone self harming. They said, just go get help. She has to go get help, right? It's got to be the only solution. Only solution to that. Um, right, let's see. Uh, next one. Next one. Um, sorry, big yawn. Oh, that one. And uh, uh, there it is. Right, let's see. Let's go for this one. Lost his drive. My husband cannot be bothered with sex and sleeps in the spare room. Nice. <laughs> Dear Dizzy, my husband cannot be bothered with sex anymore. And maybe sex with you? We'll see. Um, we used to have a great time in the bedroom, but now it feels like a chore. We're in our early 60s, fit and healthy. We've been together for 30 years. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, you might, you're 60, you might feel like 40, but nah, you're still in your 60s. <laughs> yeah. So we're in our sixties, fit and healthy. We've been here for thirty years. So this guy just wants to be smashing every day of the year. It seems. Apart from the, apart from this one thing, we've had a good relationship. There you go. I tried talking to my husband, and sometimes he will make an effort, but it is always short lived. 
And after two or three weeks, we go back to no shakes. I really miss the closeness after we make love. I don't even get bedtime cuddles as he now sleeps in the spare room. Is that unreasonable to expect more? No. I don't think so. I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, to accept more, but try to get to the root of it, right? Simply. The guy loses the sex drive. There's something going on. Something. Something going on. Uh, right, one more. I'm also I'm struggling now. Uh, This is a crazy one. Dear Deirdre, I want to propose to my girlfriend, but her ex won't sign divorce papers. I want to propose to my partner and and start a family, but worry she still has feelings for her ex who is dragging his heels over the divorce. Um, we've been together for three years and, and are very much in love, but her ex's shadow still looms over her. And us, okay. It has been two years since she filed for divorce, or four years since they split. Yet he still hasn't signed the paperwork. When prompted, he says he'll get round to it, but never does it. She's pushing him, and it's stalling the progress of our relationship. They have a seven-year-old daughter together who's living. Oh my God, who's living? Who's lovely? But he kicks off whenever I have anything to do with her. I'm 43. She's 39. Her ex is 45. This is unrealistic. Uh, as often I spend time with her, picking her up from school, helping her with homework or putting her to bed. But he says he doesn't want me getting involved and again my girlfriend doesn't stand up to him. This makes me lose hope that we can never live together. That we can ever live together, sorry. We're in love, but I'm beginning to have doubts. Whether... Yeah, so whenever we're out and she regularly mentions him or doesn't hold back to tell me about the places we have visited or things we have done that remind her of him. We have amazing sex and she says she wants to have more children with me but I noticed that she continues to take contraception. Okay, I want to take the relationship to the next level but he is making it difficult for us and questions if it will be as special for her second time well I don't know what I'm reading anymore again, I want to take this relationship to the next level but it's making it difficult for us and I question if it would be okay be a special for a second time round so I've already bought the ring I don't want to push her away with my frustration but I'm starting to think neither of them really want to divorce so where does that leave me am I being taken what a fool um no it's just the ex is trying to control your relationship right you know once he signs the divorce papers I mean I guess they've got a kid together so not completely out of each other's life but those divorce papers are a solid bit of paper in the divorce settlement Drinking on the pod again. <laughs> Drinking on the pod again. Um, what was I saying? Divorce. 
though what I said just before that, but excellent sign of force. He's trying to control the relationship. He's not in it anymore. He's not going to sign them. So what you need to do is you need to murder him. That's what you need to do. Just murder him. You know? And hopefully you can get away with it. And then you, that clears the way for you to get married. That's what you have to do, mate. You just have to not lose your call and threaten him in public so people know it's death for you when he dies. You know what I mean? Anyway, people, let's end the pod. Because we've fallen apart on this side. Not sure what you guys are doing. But, um, yeah, like I said, Vault Festival. Did I say it was £8 a ticket? <laughs> ah, shit. I pressed the wrong button. I wasn't going to press that. Um... But yeah, it's not, um, I can't remember what I was saying. I can't remember what I was saying. I'm leaving now. I was, was about to talk about film. Not sure I was even talking about film before. Anywho, let's get out of here. Let's skedaddle. Thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, Vault Festival, 29th of Jan. Go check out Late Night on Wet Wipes podcast. Uh, if you can't make 29th of Jan, 9th of February is next time in London. After that, I'm in Leicester on Thursday the 16th I think maybe anyway I'm getting out of here I've said that once before I'm saying it again peace